Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. How's it going? Not too bad. I just had something in and around my desk make a really loud sound, and I don't know what it is, so hopefully nothing fell over and broke. Everything's fine. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just everything's settling. I, You know, sometimes things make creaky noises uh we'll probably talk exactly. about exactly yeah that stuff uh, crazy like breathing sounds right over your shoulder yeah. you know uh and things over... get thrown around by invisible <laughs> beings yep yeah. all, it all tracks and you'll overanalyze every little noise that you hear when you wake up in the middle of the night to uh to either a screaming child or a whisper of some kind it's fine it's fine yeah no everything's fine yeah <laughs> Everything's, everything's fine. Do we sound uh, tired? I, I, I feel tired. <laughs> I feel very tired, too. I think neither one of us has slept well since Saturday. So uh, <laughs> if some for some reason you guys missed it, yeah. we did our Extra Life game day on Saturday. It went very, very well. I think it's actually uh, the best uh, game day that we've ever, ever had, except for... I, actually, I think it's the best game day we've ever had. I think it is. I think there was one... So there's so the 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 hesitation you're referring to is the year where we had a $1,000 donation from uh, what appeared to be someone... Uh, he The person claimed... Or the person had the same name as the per- the lead developer of Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. Uh, and, Which we uh, were not playing at the time. No, no. But uh, it was it, and very generous. And it could have been random. It could have been anything. But it happened. Uh, and that was a that was a that was a big year. That was probably our record year to date. But I think yes, yeah. With I think what, even then it was like um, overall. I don't know if I broke two thousand uh, dollars in that year. I'd have to go back and check. But yeah. uh, anyways, it was it was a very very good year. And uh, and this year too ha- was just it was absolutely fabulous. We we weren't really sure going in uh, what the year would look like because obviously twenty uh, twenty has been uh, pretty hard on a lot of people. So uh, we were kind of just going to go into it and say, look, like we'll keep our goals low. We'll you know just do however we do and uh, and we'll go from there. But we did have a goal that if we each individually hit fifteen hundred dollars for a total of three thousand. That then we would play Phasmophobia, which we did. We hit it fairly early on in the day, actually. Uh, we yeah. hit it, I think, around about 5 p.m., which meant that uh, after dinner break, we came back and we played Phasmophobia for much, much longer than I originally thought we were going to. I thought it was only going to be um, a very short amount of time. And we ended up playing for like three and a half hours. We played until about 1030 and started at seven. So <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Yeah, no, and I think for me with with Phasmophobia and and the Extra Life Game Day in general is, um, uh, I was I was surprised. I think when you and I hit the fifteen hundred, we even talked about this in the in right after we had a large donation that put me over fifteen hundred, and you were already close. I figured like you were getting close, you would hit fifteen hundred, and then I think by the end of the night I would hit fifteen hundred, and we would have to schedule a different stream a which day was, yeah <laughs> yeah which was always kind of my thought process on playing phasmophobia for extra life but when we hit it it was kind of oh we we we're playing this game 1500 seemed like attainable but not something we would hit on on our big stream day so when we played it uh i was actually pleasantly surprised at first how um how do i like it's not morbid cure i guess it would be kind of 
close to morbid curiosity for the game of like compelling you to, to keep trying because there is this off ramp for the game where it you you can leave whenever you want that was my yeah, you thing can leave at any time yeah and having played the game our first match so the first match we get into with phasmophobia it's uh you me nevermore and alex Elbisu. alex being the sort of uh the lead ghost hunter because he's played the game a bunch he's got like i think he was level 46 or something and we go into this house we pick smaller houses kind of explaining everything you know tools and tricks of the trade and 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 we go into the first house and it all like the first few minutes are very tense as you kind of and kind of interesting too. The first few minutes of the match, you go in, you're kind of poking around at the house, you're all sticking together, you're given like kind of the clues well, as to what the ghost could be. Well, you're still safe, yeah, because we um we had it on amateur or whatever mm. the easiest mode was, so it gives you five minutes where you're guaranteed you're not gonna die, <laughs> which is nice. I think it gave. It to me that was the most fun. Is it gave me that that safety net of knowing I can go in and explore this house, and yeah, I can still get creeped out, but I'm not going to be brutally murdered by some un, unseen force. And that kind of propelled us to, I think, in in all cases except for that high school, uh, find where the ghost was and kind of pinpoint the area. I thought that was really cool that you could go in and find out. Uh, cool quotations find where the ghost was and kind of know where it is and and throw like tools and experiments at it to kind of whittle it down to know what the ghost type was and i think that's that's where the game is so different from other games it's like you're not going in to kill this thing it's going to kill you the longer the longer you stay the more at risk you are but you're just going in to try to figure out what it is and you can do total guesswork And I think Mm -hmm. outside of that first match and maybe the last match, we kept going in and pushing ourselves. And I think personally, if you're going in ghost hunting and one of your fellow ghost hunters dies, you nope the hell out of there and you just cut your losses. Like if you have a choice of five different places to go to ghost hunt and you go to one and one of your one of your best friends bites it. There are (laughs) other houses you can go to, my friend, like you don't need to like keep putting your eggs in one basket. You're going to lose more ghost founder friends if you keep going at this one. Cause I think for certain ghosts, especially that first one we went, we had once it starts haunting and starts going after people, it, how do you even win? Like it just kept coming for mm-hmm. us. Right. And well, that and was a, the and apparently, part. apparently that specific ghost type is very, very rare. So we got a demon in our first house and apparently demons are like hyper aggressive and very rare in the game. There were people in the chat room saying that like in all the hours and all the levels that they've played, they've only seen, you know, two demons. And that was our very first house. It was our very mm-hmm. first ghost. So, um, yeah, we we very much um, dove into the deep end in that way, I guess, um, because uh, the difficulty setting that you choose, like I said, doesn't actually dictate um like the difficulty of the ghost or like how how often it haunts or you know um how difficult it is to figure out or anything like that there's basically just um like common uncommon rare and super rare uh ghosts that all have their own traits and you know like some of them can see through walls some of them can um like are they float instead of um walking and and you know some of them stay in one place whereas some of them wander and and you know they're all they're all kind of different in that way so we just like 
luck of the draw air quotes um ended up with this super aggressive super rare ghost right off the bat and it killed two of us it killed nevermore so fast mm. and then uh I was actually in the room with Alex when he died and I thought that I had killed him, but apparently you can't um, like, I guess um, influence or like um, cause the deaths of others in your party Mm -hmm. because uh, I went into the room. He and I went into the room and I think he closed the door behind us. And then I like walked up onto the bed and like put my back to the wall like i was like standing on the headboard but i left my flashlight on so i actually saw it like come in and like crawl along the floor and then go like eat his face (laughs) and i was like oh my god and i totally thought i killed him because i had my flashlight on him like the whole time (laughs) no I, i i think like once the demon so there are certain ghosts i think that and this is all in the journal you have uh, certain ghosts like they will pick a target and they will relentlessly yeah. hunt them. And it does not surprise me that the demon or most ghosts went for Alex because he was probably the most vocal of of our of our group. Like, yeah, I was purposely trying to be quiet. And I was like, because we were also <laughs> using so Phasmophobia has a uh, voice recognition. Um, it's, it does have a VR component, though we didn't play it in VR. No, it what are you talking about? There's no VR. <laughs> You're a liar. So uh, if Ryan gets no. $2,000, then... No, no. I, I barely made it through this. There is footage of yeah. me playing this game. And uh, I think the... So the, the moment where Alex, you know, bites the dust shortly after Nevermore uh, got, got killed, I was hiding in the closet of the hallway. And the sound design in this game is phenomenal. I'm in this closet. I close both shutters and I'm standing there and I'm kind of looking out. I don't see anything, but you hear clearly these footsteps just do, 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 do. And then you hear uh, like just this, it sounds like a, you know? Yeah. And it like is, a heavy breathing. <laughs> it is so creepy because, oh my God, there's this demon outside and I, it goes past. And I know it, I know the haunt is, is over because someone goes, no. And then their voice comes cut out, and clearly that's that's someone dying. And but there were moments in this game, uh, specifically the high school uh, our last match, where I just couldn't take it anymore. We had played for three and a half hours, and I think it was me that was kind of pushing us to keep going because I was kind of like, I liked the loop. I was very curious about the game, and 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 it really felt like oh, like what's the next one going to be? I really appreciated the lead up, but once the haunt started. It was like, we, w- there's no way we're going in there. We've already kind of figured out one or two clues. And I, I can get how um, in amateur that first five minutes, you can kind of narrow it down pretty quickly if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like once you know a majority of the clues and you've captured a couple things, it felt like we were nailing a lot of the checklists. We could build up that income. Also, being paid $50 to go into a deadly house doesn't sound like we're charging enough <laughs> just right. throwing that out there uh but i watched sparky die and it is it is um here's the thing like when you watch another character die it's it's very comical in the sense that it looks like garbage it's very janky but also creepy at the same time but it is it does kind of ruin the illusion but when it's happening to you uh or when when you are being haunted like at the very end at the high school 
we kept going in, but every time we went in, a haunt would start. So we'd have to like mm-hmm. walk into an, run into another room. And when I say run, it's like you're you're basically going from a slow walk to a like a light canter to get. It. You know, <laughs> you're not running. Um, yeah, you're walking briskly. <laughs> exactly. And then I get in the room, shut my lights off, and I and I shut the door and I, I huddle. And then me personally would like wince and look away from the screen because i didn't want to see what was happening and that was clearly in my head space what my character was doing because why do we keep going to this high school and going to this room that is clearly haunted when we know this thing is trying to kill us and uh and eventually after the third time that happened i'm like we should just stop and go to the next one because like well and okay so that's that was one that i wanted to talk about because um that was one where i died pretty quickly because Mm. i didn't realize that the haunt was actually happening i had a couple people walking in front of me and we were going back to the truck to get more equipment when it started and the ghost automatically closes and locks all outside doors when it begins hunting and so Alex made it through, oh, across the threshold uh, first and the door closed. And I was like, oh, haha, very funny, <laughs> thinking that he had done it. And then I realized that like everyone was like that all the lights were off and, you know, people were kind of panicking. And I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. So but then and, and my biggest thing, and I think it's because it is a VR game and I don't know if it was designed like vr first but um the opening and closing of the door mechanic is super janky it's so difficult to do even when you're not under any pressure (laughs) like because you have to kind of like click on the door and then like pull your mouse back mm-hmm. it's really awkward it's and sometimes really it awkward doesn't catch and sometimes right? it doesn't work yeah so yeah. <laughs> excuse me So, yeah, I ended up um, not able to actually open a door and get out of the main hallway. And then I died, which was absolutely terrifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when you die, you can no longer communicate with the rest of your team. If like, again, like we were uh, using in-game comms only. So, um, like, once I died, uh, I I heard somebody because you can still if you're a ghost, you can still hear the team talking, I think. Yeah um no no wait i couldn't hear you talking i could see you and i was like haunting you and making fun and stuff but i thought i heard somebody say um oh maybe it was right before i actually like died died um but i thought i heard somebody say like go check on joss go check her stream (laughs) oh yeah because we were worried we were terrifying Yeah. yeah Yeah. Uh, But anyways, so uh, yeah, once you die in this game, and I think it's actually why I enjoy Among Us so much is because even if you die, even if you're targeted super early on, there's still things that you can do. You can like still complete your tasks and help your team win. Or if you're the imposter, then you can um, like sabotage stuff. And in Phasmophobia, when you die, you just die (laughs) i just like was wandering around and it wasn't even scary anymore because the the ghost can't interact with you at all so uh when it started hunting and looked like it was gonna go and kill alex which eventually it did um i was just like following it like walking behind it down the hallway while it went to go kill him and like you say the visuals are so terrible (laughs) that it wasn't scary anymore like (laughs) yeah i there's again there was just something about playing it that 
was a driving force to like, oh, let's play one more match. And, and I, but you know, once we hit the high school and we had done it for three and a half hours, like clearly we need to, we need to move on to the next thing. Um, but I think when you have even one person die in a, in a four, a four player co-op experience, um, even when one person goes, I immediately shift to, you know, uh, as I was saying before, the headspace of like one of our friends has died. We need to leave, yeah, uh, or call the authorities. Which, but- like, I'm pretty sure, like with that high school, like it felt like you guys were like dicking around for a good like fifteen twenty minutes. Like I was so bored, and then finally Alex died, and I was like, at least I have someone to talk to now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't know. See, this is my thing: is I, I once someone dies um what went in that specific instance when you had died i think we had a pretty good grasp on what it could be and even once alex uh, i think we maybe got one more clue once alex died and then sparky and i were going in and coming out and he would miraculously live and and i would miraculously uh live as well so we were we were being haunted like three times and we both survived which i think was was pretty was pretty interesting that we were able to to do that i think we were just mostly just leaving our hiding spot getting haunted and then coming back then going back into our hiding spot so what was happening was i i felt this this increase um increased feeling of uh oh man like half our team is sitting there waiting for us to yeah. either quote unquote finish the game or to quit and or die yeah <laughs> and in my mind it was like well we should just leave like half our yeah. team is sitting there waiting and you know, if you want to put it into a real headspace, like half our team is dead and we're next, man. Uh, <laughs> and we have and you can leave like there are no penalties leave, yeah. to leaving. Um, you, you I don't think I got a picture of, of anyone's body. I didn't have a camera. So like that's the big thing is when someone dies, if they were fronting all the equipment like Alex was, uh, if you didn't take a picture of his body, I guess he he loses that stuff. If you take a picture, he gets a little bit of insurance money. Which is I don't know much comfort, but I mean in the game at least you get your money back. Uh, it it was just one of those things where it is early access, and I think if they can work on, uh, like you said, because I never died, so I never I didn't want to die. Like uh, I was very much a not crossing this threshold. Like when we were someone's got to go in there and communicate with the ghost by himself. It's like no man, that's how people die, and yeah. you can go in there <laughs> and and scary shit can happen to you. Um. But there were, if they work on that you died phase and allow you to um, maybe strategically converse with your team through some of the, the tools that like the spirit box and mm-hmm. the Ouija board, I think that would be really interesting. Uh, I think they could yeah, work towards I was, that. I can't remember who I was talking to about it. Maybe it might have been my DVD friends last night. But anyways, um, if there was even you know, like bonus objectives that can only be completed once you died um, or something like that. Or if you like complete a bonus objective, then your team uh, gets more information or something like you can confirm information from like being dead. Like if when you go into the dead realm, you see like, say, ghost fingerprints everywhere or something like that like and then you have to like you say find the spirit box and communicate that back to your team anything to make me feel like i'm still playing and still contributing or even if like and i don't know what the like final stage of death would be but like 
even if there was still some danger somehow when you were in the spirit realm, like after you had, after the ghost had killed you, because like, like I say, I was just like following the ghost around while it was like stalking you guys. Cause I was like, I have nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> so, and I'm no longer in danger cause I'm already dead. Like, I don't know, but it just like, there's definitely that's, I think, um, other than just updating the visuals, which again, this game was built by one person and the sound design is on point. So yeah. I think that's oh. where a lot of um, a lot of resources went or possibly where um, the developer's interest lay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the sound design is amazing. Yeah. So I think uh, once the visuals catch up, because apparently um, because it is kind of such a phenomenon, there's uh, there's quite a lot of resources now being poured into this company. So I think uh, once the visuals kind of catch up, I think this is going to be an absolutely terrifying experience. Yeah. That's that, like, I think we, we just That's what kind of the one thing that, that, that was taking me out of it and making it kind of bearable is like the lamp would be like a rectangle with a triangle on top sort of thing. Like <laughs> it's, it's very much which is like, not very realistic graphics. Yeah. Like unity, like ba- baked in yeah. assets type stuff, which is fine. I think from a design standpoint, I, I think it's like a proof of concept. Yeah. They've nailed um, the ghost hunting loop except for death. Uh, I think it, it was very exhilarating to go in with four people and have different tools at your disposal to try to and communicate and like, okay, like let's use our EMF. Oh, it's an EMF five. That tells us it's a specific type of ghost. I really liked the very simple way of, of uh, ruling out what kind of ghost it was. Cause once you enter your two clues, it kind of narrows it down to one or two ghosts. And then you can kind of use that information to kind of, okay, we can go about it this specific angle and maybe solve it a little quicker. Um, I think that the way it, it, I think it also requires your team to be singular focus. Like you going into the game, you're obviously going in to have fun, but I think your definition of fun has to be sort of similar. So for me, it's like, I want to go in, investigate and yeah, scary shit's going to happen. But like when people start to die, it's like, okay, let's, let's nope out of here. Um, let's, let's start a new match. We've got two people that have been dead for, if you're dead for, I would imagine, longer than five minutes, it gets, it gets boring. I mean, that would be my assumption. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, I, even five minutes is pushing it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think I think the first match when Nevermore died and then quickly after Alex had died, I, I think we, you and I both were like, okay, we're leaving. You know, we'll, we'll guesstimate. Yeah, we were like, was. we don't really 100% know what we're doing. Two of our <laughs> friends are dead. Like, we should just go. And I think we even guessed the ghost wrong, but yeah. we were just like, whatever. There's <laughs> I think no we penalty. got $10. Yeah, there's no penalties. There's no penalty. We got some money. And I think to me, it, it, it's, there's almost, there's almost a, the only fail state is when you, you go in with a bunch of expensive equipment and that person dies. So, whenever it was surprising like whenever alex would die it's like it felt like the ghost knew he was like our benefactor <laughs> you know going after him and uh it was just one of those things where he when he died is like oh he lost all his stuff unless we find a way to to snap a picture of his body and um get the insurance money but uh i i really thought once the people had died it was like okay like let's try to guesstimate like the last match when sparky and i were the only ones alive and we'd left you guys in the ghost realm for i think at that point 15 minutes we both eventually said like well let's go out to the truck let's regroup let's figure out 
what we know. And um, there was some chat room involved. I think uh, someone had recalled an EMF five that none of us had had sort of uh, noted. And we kind of, uh, I think there was two options based on what we knew. And I guessed one and he guessed another and just came down to like the description of the ghost sounded more accurate. Like, I think it was a banshee and it said like this ghost will be very quick to haunt. We'll focus in on one person and and focus on that person until they're dead. Uh, and and I think we ended up guessing it correctly, but it is a very tense and scary game where when you are being haunted and you see your light, your flashlight start to flicker and you hear the footsteps and, and uh, you you hear the, the voices, you, you feel that personally yourself. And I think that was the moment that stuck with me the most. It's like, it was exhilarating, but I, I was also wincing, not wanting to, to die in game. Cause I knew that would set me off. Uh, and I, I just don't know if, uh, I don't know if I like the game. I, I don't know. We, we tried to, we tried to sort of qualify it at the end of this. And I mean, I think I like it, but I don't know what it's going to take for me to go back to it. Um, I think it will definitely require three other people who are like, yo, we got to play Phasmophobia, but it's certainly not on my list to uh, jump back to anytime soon. But I would, I totally would if if every, all of the all of the settings were right. You know, I, I think uh, there's just so many multiplayer games out there that Phasmophobia doesn't really crack the the top five considering how much time i have to play these games but um if someone had a full team and and there were people i wanted to play with i would say yeah absolutely let's let's play a couple of rounds but i mean yeah i don't know i don't know how much longer uh how much how much more i could play the game i don't know i'm on the fence about this game to be honest like i don't know how much more like you said at the beginning about the whole morbid curiosity thing hmm I'm like, part of me kind of wants to play it because I almost want to just psychologically get to the point where it's not really scary anymore. And I think I think the problem is that, like, I was putting myself in a situation that was like super scary for me. But then I also didn't know, like, the mechanics and the controls of the game. So it's like when something bad started to happen, I, I'm not like, I knew what to do, but I couldn't execute it, which then made it, it made me even more panicky. Uh, so I want to get to the point where, um, I know the controls, I can execute the game mechanics and it's not scary anymore because it's so in my head. Like, I've had nightmares like I'm like hearing stuff and getting like goosebumps on the back of my neck and like it's it's in my head it's in there like, oh yeah it's same thing for me too like I yeah I, like oftentimes I'll be woken up you know Isabella will wake up and and cry in the night and then I'll go for, you know go to the bathroom or something and it's like I'll I'll walk past the hallway and I'll glance downstairs and then you'll have that like goosebumps on the back of your neck and and, and I have to like literally almost out loud say to myself like Ryan, stop thinking about phasmophobia just because you're in the dark and you could barely see. All right. Right. Go to the bathroom. Well, for go me, back to it bed. was like you're fine. Every single night when I go to bed, I turn off all the lights and I just use the flashlight on my phone. Yeah. Because Matt usually goes to bed before me and I don't want to wake him up. 
So I'm walking through my house with my flashlight <laughs> on my phone and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like scaring myself just doing what I do every single night, which is just walk through my house with my flashlight. I'm like, oh, like it's just, it's so in my head that I don't know if I want to never play it again and try to just like slowly erode it from my memory over time or if I want to like play it more and like desensitize myself to it because right now I feel like I'm in between those two things right like <laughs> I I'm I think you and I are in the same boat and I would totally play this game again with the team we play with Nevermore Alex Sparky they were all very fair um uh no one it was a cooperative experience no one flicked the lights no one shut the doors uh, i think everyone was um was playing nicely and uh i i had a really good time and i think from that from that perspective i i would play again uh with those teams because uh, yeah morbid curiosity just like it was really exhilarating going in i don't know if i could um go past um the you know the, the amateur level i couldn't go to pro where the haunting starts right away because the thing is i like the idea of going in and and it could get boring pretty and quick getting your yeah it's probably i think as you got more and more used to the layouts of the houses and stuff because mm -hmm. there's only a few different maps right so i think um like once you learn it and once you know where you're going then things become a little bit easier and then you would probably be more comfortable like because you also wouldn't have to have anybody um constantly explaining rules and things to you right like that's true and you're right the layouts of the houses would be like there was like a couple of farmhouses we did that i thought was the mm -hmm. perfect amount of space in the house and once you knew where the ghost was you could kind of like strategically set up your 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 path and like but but even after six or seven matches it was still exhilarating when one of your tools would would be properly used like when the mm -hmm. you know when the ghost would write in the book or your emf would would jump to five or the temperature you'd start seeing your your breath like seeing all your that breath yeah really cool that was that yeah. always used to free or that always freaked me out when i could see somebody else's breath because i was like oh my god you're in danger like they're right on top of you yeah. <laughs> and i mean um the sanity stuff never came into play i don't know if they'll do more mm -hmm. with that as development well, continues. well i think but... it I think it might have come into play in our first match and we didn't notice because it was just you and I left over. So there was nobody to kind of like look or point it out. But um, it tends to go down, I think, if you're in the dark or right. if you have like frequent haunting events or if you're like me and you're in the room when somebody dies, like uh, all of those things will drop your sanity pretty quickly. And then the lower your sanity is... Uh, the more likely a hunt is to trigger and the more likely it is that you are the target of that hunt. Mm -hmm. So I think because it was just you and I left, um, we probably um, like narrowly avoided yet another hunt. But um, like, I think the sanity came into play. We maybe just didn't notice it necessarily because it was our first match. Um, but you're right. In the other ones, we were usually leaving when we were at about like, 60 to 70 percent which um there are some ghosts that will drain your sanity very quickly but i mean like i've been watching friends play and they've gone up against the super sanity draining ghost i can't remember which one it is but um one of them is a really um a really big toll on your sanity and um like to the point that they were they it was a uh, in the high school and they would 
like hide open the door take two steps out and then have to hide again like their sanity was like down in into the teens and the 20s and it just like you almost can't move before you trigger another hunt and then it's just like okay we need to get out (laughs) yeah i think uh, i think that's the thing i you know i found i found when the ghosts would appear and you go like oh see i saw it i saw it and and you can look at the photos like it's all really well put together in this you know we're all in this together creep factor and i think that's where i'm kind of like i could play more just to see how they how development because i'm interested in how development will continue i i really am enjoying these um these early access uh wins where where they really hit a hit a node and and they're able to kind of continue from there i think phasmophobia with you know all the proper um attention and and development uh resources resources, yeah it could be really interesting and i again like they've got a solid foundation with sound design and uh mechanics if they just kind of i mean you don't need to like punch up the graphics like too much but just some cleanup um i i think would go a long way so i'm i would happily jump back in after like a a major update like i think they're teasing like a new ghost coming before the end of the year so um Mm -hmm. that'll be really interesting to see how the game continues to to flourish well yeah because that was our experience with raft i mean the first time i went in and jumped into raft it was very much like this is early access it's a it's almost like a proof of concept you are floating along this uh current on the ocean there's a shark in the water so you can't swim and you have to attempt to build up your raft as best as you can here's a book of recipes sort of deal and you go from there um but there was nothing there was nothing more there was nothing like bigger necessarily and uh over the course of um the early access they've added more creatures they've added more islands they've added like a story and and things to go and do and it's a much much bigger experience now than it was when it first came out when it first came into early access and i played it like what was that like a year and a half or two years ago now um and they're doing a lot with it so i imagine phasmophobia will follow a similar development path because much like raft they have a solid concept and i'm curious to know ryan what your thoughts on raft were because uh, this is like i said a game i've been playing since it first became available but this um past saturday was your first time giving raft a try with raft uh i remember when we first talked about it I was interested. Um, I always hesitate to pick these games up because I don't have enough time to play all these builders, but also don't have a lot of time to schedule with friends uh, to play play them. However, with, it was the perfect Extra Life game. So when I picked it up in the summer sale, it was always, I'm going to play this. I'm going to make sure we play it for Extra Life. And, and when we got in there, and it was a really cool way to do it for the stream where... Um, you and I jumped in first and foremost and did like the early gameplay loop, like the first gameplay loop um, where you're collecting stuff and and um, with your hook and you're slowly building up your resources. I really liked that early uh, stuff. And I think you and I got to a point where we were we were just getting to the point of, of building these collection nets and having like a sort of a. a a a machine that would kind of collect for us and then we would build and build from there um so i was really enjoying that gameplay loop and then um when we jumped out and we got into josh's josh's game where he had this huge boat and you can kind of like fast forward and see 
what can be built and how how you use that that raft after the survival mechanics over and you're looking at the story stuff i think we got a really good range of what that game had to offer in just that four hours we played it for and i i really enjoyed it so yeah josh and i had played the night before for i think i played for about three hours and then i think he stuck around for a couple of hours after that now he is, he has been playing the game a lot a lot more than i have anyways and um he's also very particular and you can get very like sims like with it almost <laughs> when you build your raft like if you have enough materials you can like you can build walls and roofs and windows and you know you can make it a proper floating like houseboat basically yeah um and you can have multiple stories on it and everything else so i mean like he he definitely sunk some time into the aesthetic of the raft as opposed to just the straight up functionality. Like we could have done basically the same thing with the amount that we had accomplished in three hours the night before. Um, Yeah, we could have, we could have gotten to the same place, but Josh made it fancy. Uh, And so basically what we did was when we jumped into that game, um, we had the story part of it, which was basically you set up these antennas, these radio antennas, and then you can start tracking on like a radar. You have to build a battery and everything else. And then you've got like a radar screen and it tells you the direction you need to go um, in relation to the way that the radar table is, is set up. Um, and then you have a distance and then you have to go and you can find these different, um, locations that are, you know, sending out signals for whatever reason. And then you go around and you find notes and you kind of piece together what happened in the days following the, whatever the disaster was that, you know, landed you all on rafts. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting story. I really enjoyed it because I had never, uh, like interacted really with the story part of it before. So we got to a really cool spot too. And I, and it makes me want to keep going because I know they just put the, um, a new update in with a lot more of that story content. So there's still like much more for us to to learn and discover. But uh, yeah, it's I, I think it's a really fun game. And I think both parts of it are really interesting with the story, but also with like you were saying, the early gameplay loop. I find it like the music is great. Mm-hmm. And just like being on the raft and like casting your little hook out and pulling stuff back into the raft. I don't know why, but it's just like, it's so calming. It's very <laughs> it's like calming. the total opposite experience of phasmophobia (laughs) yeah i kind of i kind of like as happens with every game day we really lose track of how much we're spending in each game and yeah by the time we finished (laughs) phasmophobia it's like oh well we have to play dead by daylight and i think at that point we had like an hour left (laughs) so we we barely we barely touched dvd and i felt really bad because like my so my dvd account now because i played dead by daylight literally every day And so my survivor account is rank one, which is the highest survivor rank you can have. And like you guys, a couple of the people in our party had literally never played before. And Sparky is like new to the game in the last month. So he was like rank 16. You guys are rank 20. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to pull us up so high (laughs) when we go onto ladder and try to find a killer. And uh, luckily, we ended up having uh, Nitric, who is... um, 
on my on my World of Warcraft raid team and, and someone I play Dead by Daylight with quite often. Uh, but he usually plays Survivor, doesn't usually play too much killer. So he offered to to step in and at least, you know, like play nicely, basically, like give you guys the experience without uh, totally destroying you. So, um, yeah, it made for made for a pretty fun game, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, I think with I think with Raft, um it it's kind of feels like a non PVP Sea of Thieves where you're building your your boat and you in your you kind of the systems are all in place. It can be PVP. You can turn on friendly fire, but oh, well. we chose not to. <laughs> that that's very different. Like I mean, there are no other people around that are good. Like you're from what I experienced, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's just a random shark right that's your only enemy oh yes yeah the the shark in the water is your only enemy yeah and there's only ever one at a time yeah which is very it's it's kind of almost alarming the restraint the developers have (laughs) have had with this game where it's always just been one shark it's almost kind of comical as you move forward like you on a small it's terrifying because you only have this like four foot square um raft thing and the shark circles you so closely and then will come and bite the raft so one of the first things you do is try to make the raft as big as possible so the shark's not like biting right at your toes sort of thing um but yeah it's uh very quickly i feel like it it becomes almost like a non-issue like even if it does destroy one of your um like corners of your raft or something you just rebuild it like you you don't ever really you lose anything like we had so many resources by the time we made it to the second island that it was like our inventories were constantly full like our storage things are full like yeah exactly it was yeah the shark becomes a non-issue uh later on And, and i mean I'm almost I'm fine with that. I mean, as we shifted from dealing with the shark to kind of just maintaining um, the raft from, oh, we lost a plank. Let's go replace it. And it kind of became like, oh, what does this thing do? What does that thing do? And also, why does this boar take 15 billion stabs to die? And why does yeah. it keep killing my <laughs> friends? So there there are enemies that you're going to come across on the islands, and but they're all like you know native animals they're not uh they're not other people it's just like a boar a condor that sort of thing and they're all ai and they're all ai and it's uh it was kind of it was nice it was relaxing like you didn't have to worry um you know i i kept asking like oh if if we like ram into this island is it going to do damage to our boats like no no it doesn't no <laughs> it just kind of moves us and, and then it spins I'm, the boat yeah spins the boat and it's like oh that's so nice again for the developers to show this restraint of like we don't want you to have to constantly worry about every you know uh scratch you're gonna have to you know buff out on your raft because you didn't park it correctly um we're just gonna let you focus on collecting resources building the things you need to produce you know to to keep going with the story i mean that might make it so there's this like finite amount of experience to enjoy but honestly endless games like like that that could be raft that's that's not very appealing to me like i kind of like the idea that raft has this like ceiling that we can hit you know um well and even then i mean you can and there's a lot of people who enjoy the game just for the creative side of it like sure very minecrafty where it's just like you build as as wide as you can and as tall as you can and you make like a floating city like i've seen all kinds of like reddit posts and and images and stuff of things people have created in the game because i mean it is endless 
Um, and you can also uh, change your uh, settings so that you have to worry about like your um, hunger and thirst more or less and your um, like generate more resources or less resources like you can change that difficulty level. So um, yeah, there's a lot of people that just play on like, don't ever talk to me about hunger or thirst. I just want to like build. And some of the things they build are just absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see how from a creative standpoint, you could you could really like, for example, the way we were collecting resources, it's almost like the next time we play, Josh is going to use all those resources to just build this you know mansion raft and and uh that's the other thing again like they don't the game from what i saw didn't seem to mind like the physics of it like the raft your bottom layer of raft just appears to be made of the the most buoyant material around and no matter what you put on top of it whether it's a whether it's a barbecue grill or a giant diesel engine you don't have to worry about weight so again i'm glad they didn't kerbal space program this thing they just let you go and that is again very refreshing that they haven't made this like a you know a a sim uh survival as opposed to just a, a creative survival it's very you know it's very on the creative side for sure yeah absolutely and uh i mean we had we had a great time we had a really great time over the entire course of the day i think with all of our kind of different experiences and and we we raised a lot of money for a really good cause so I'm uh, I'm super glad that it went as well as it did. Again, um, I raised uh, two thousand. Ryan's at sixteen hundred. The team all together is at forty five hundred, which I think is the best team um, score yeah. <laughs> we've ever gotten. Uh, but if you guys do want to donate, um, those streams are still up, I believe, over on Twitch. If you want to watch some of the footage. Um, or if you'd like to donate to the cause, we're going to be doing many more streams over the coming weeks. So, um, on November 28th, Ryan, you're going to be doing a fire emblem stream. Yeah. So we've kind of nailed it down. Our details are basically, uh, November 28th, 8 PM. We're going to start with a state of Fay, which is, we're going to talk about where the game's at. It's four years old, coming up on its fifth year. So we're going to talk about that and that'll go about an hour. And then after that, we're going to play some Jackbox games and possibly Deep Rock Galactic, which is a game that we're all kind of excited to to play. And that'll all be at twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA. And then on Friday, December 18th at 8 p.m., uh, Ryan and I on our respective Twitch channels are going to be having a very holiday extra life party. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that we're going to basically i don't know exactly what we're going to be playing right now but usually what we end up doing is anything multiplayer that has a christmas theme which is um basically everything Dude, <laughs> we're gonna what be if they put uh, christmas playing lights in phasmophobia like yeah we're gonna have they to probably that. will they put pumpkins in your uh like office <laughs> that was their halloween update with oh, like jack-o'-lanterns <laughs> oh that totally counts <laughs> uh, why are you doing uh, they this could go, like they could go totally like stranger things vibe and uh with the christmas lights in the living room type thing <laughs> well i guess we're gonna i guess yeah 
I guess we're going to play Phasmophobia again. If it has a Christmas update, it goes on the list. If it has a Christmas update, it can go on the list. But yeah. uh, if you guys would like to continue to support our Extra Life cause, you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. Gamers in is always going to be free, but we do appreciate any support you guys would like to give. That brings us to the news section this week. We are talking about Mass Effect. <laughs> I'm so excited, Speaking which I know I thought you guys probably thought you'd never hear me say again, but um, they are remastering the trilogy, which I'm super stoked about. It's coming in 2021. Um, I'm holding out hope that they will uh, make some tweaks to some of the environments and controls and stuff because um, Mass Effect 1, some of the control schemes don't really like live up to the franchise like it was very much um especially the vehicle controls like it was really difficult so i'm kind of hoping they just like take the controls from three and like mm. smoosh them back to one <laughs> I, how how much longer do you want to live in this uh this this amazing world uh that you've crafted <laughs> right i know <laughs> because they they've they've already said so basically they've said like we're uh w this is not a remake or a region reimagining of the games we're just uh they do say but to modernize the experience so that fans and new players can experience the original work in its best possible form so maybe maybe right? i was being best a bit doomsday form. yeah yeah okay That's so maybe why, i mean because i don't think like if you were just um updating the control scheme I don't think that that is a is a full on like remake or reimagining like a reimagining would be like changing the story, changing the quest, changing yeah. the order of events. Right. That would be the Final Fantasy seven remake. It would be a exactly this is exactly this sounds like an opportunity and it's not coming out till spring 2021. Um, this sounds like an opportunity that they're taking to not only update. Um, they've said updating the textures, shaders, models, effects, and technical features of three enormous mm -hmm. games. So maybe, maybe I was, I've been burned by Bioware a lot lately. So I maybe, know. maybe I, I'm just, uh, I'm it's still... like, I've forgotten how badly they burned me. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I kept going back to that poison well, so, uh, I might be a little, uh, I might be a little hesitant here, but maybe, maybe this, this, uh, they do. Cause again, that original trilogy, like if you look at Andromeda, you can kind of, Bioware can kind of be like, ah, that was a one-off. It didn't, it, it, yeah, we had some problems there. We've learned from our mistakes, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, uh, maybe this is their opportunity. Maybe they don't want to, t I, I know they don't want to tarnish the original, you know, Mass Effect trilogy. So this seems like a good opportunity to, get something out there that really brings back the bioware fans and i am a little excited i will wait until reviews come out um but i am excited to re to pretend i have the time to replay these games <laughs> um i i will definitely i definitely want to check it out i think mass effect one is one of my defining moments for for the 360 i think that whole generation is defined by this this trilogy so I remember I was so I was so late to the party when it came to any consoles that weren't the Nintendo. Like I had I had all of the Nintendos, but I never branched out into the other um like options. So I picked up a 360 super late 
And I remember uh, we had already started doing the show and I, I can't remember if Mass Effect 3 was coming or not. But I remember um, John, who had been has been on the show a couple times um, when we had Nintendo episodes. Um, but he was basically saying like, oh, if you're looking for games to play, you have to try Mass Effect. It's awesome. And I was like. I have never heard of this. Like, how have I never heard of this game? Uh, so, and then I ended up playing it and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I loved it so much. And two was so good. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, obviously um, we were very, we were pretty deep into the show by the time we got to three and, and playing that and everything else. Like, I mean, oh man, there, those were some marathon sessions, like starting when I got home from work on Friday and then like realizing it was Monday morning for, and I was done the game. Like Mass Effect 3 was a, yeah, total yeah. power through well, type Bioware, experience. I couldn't put it down. Yeah, exactly. Bioware in general, I remember wor I was working when Dragon Age 2 came out and I would go home at lunch for my hour, play the game as much as I could, then go back to work. I mean, it was nothing, <laughs> but it was like a nice break to just like, I, I lived in town so I could drive home, play the game, go back to work. Um, and I, I'm, I want, I want that Bioware to come back. I, I, I do want to play the legendary edition, uh, when it comes out, I want to try to, I could see myself getting through one and into two. I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to finish all three, but I have been mm -hmm. meaning to go back to those games and I've just been sitting here waiting for like sort of a, uh, an excuse <laughs> just a, just yeah like an excuse but just a remaster like nothing crazy i don't need them i don't absolutely need them to go crazy on it i'm glad they've kind of it seems like they're hitting that balance of like we're making this something special but we're not going to really uh we're not going to change anything too drastically they've already gone back and quote unquote fixed the ending of mass effect 3 so uh it would be really cool to see them do a little bit more there and maybe expand a bit um on the tail end of, of Mass Effect 3 a little bit, because they do talk about, in the same blog post, they've confirmed that a new Mass Effect game is in development with a, veter a veteran team of developers who are already hard at work. We've got our first concept artwork. Um, this is, once again, a next-generation Mass Effect that we're mm -hmm. going to be getting. Uh, very early stages. So again, they've already announced Dragon Age 4. That's going to come yeah. out before this. Anthem is being fixed. That's probably going to come out before this. So we are probably looking at, ah, oh man, 2024, maybe. Yeah. It's a, it sounds like it's a while out. Yeah, but it's... How do you feel about them saying, like, hey, we're making a new Mass Effect? Like, to you, is it is it just a done deal? It was going to happen eventually? Like, is it far enough away from 2017's Andromeda that you're like, okay, this is... We're ready for it to come back, and hopefully no. it's good this time. <laughs> no, like I think uh, the trilogy was really good. Uh, you guys know Andromeda. I did not get past the first couple planets. Like I just, I couldn't get into it. I didn't like it. It was not uh, the Mass Effect experience that we were kind of used to. Uh, it felt very rushed and empty, and and it wasn't my jam. So, um, I I think the trilogy was awesome. And it probably should have just stayed at that. But um, I feel like if this was any other company that I would be probably more excited right now. Um, I don't have the faith in Bioware that I had years ago. So um, I don't know if they should be touching Mass Effect at this point. Yeah. Like I'm kind of 
I think I'll have a better idea of how I feel after um, the Dragon Age game comes out, right? Like, yeah. to see how that goes, um, see what reports come out of the studio, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, is are they back to true Bioware form, or are they pumping out something else just to try to make a buck? Then, you know, I, I probably won't even look at this next Mass Effect game, even if it is three to four years out. Um yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm more looking forward to a remaster of a game that I know is really good, that has good combat, that has a really good story, that is engaging. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to, way more so than whatever their new game is in development. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. I, I think if Anthem hadn't existed, if you take Anthem out of the equation and you looked at Bioware after Andromeda, you could say, okay, this is clearly... Uh, a satellite studio that wasn't given enough resources and it was it was rushed out by end of fiscal um doesn't excuse the company but if they learn from their lessons uh but they didn't they did they did the 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 reason andromeda was resource starved was for anthem which also was which rushed then out. was terrible <laughs> it was terrible it, you know it had a good foundation but everything else about it was was just it was not great it was you're right terrible is a is a strong word but it fits in this case like that game fell off really quick and it rushed which out which is for crazy fiscal. like and i mean maybe it's that um the expectations of anthem were so much higher because we knew like mass effect died for this so the yeah. the expectations were very much there but it's like how did you have so many resources to the point that you depleted the mass effect team so bad that they put out andromeda but then on top of that you put out anthem and it has no depth and it's not great. Like <laughs> what happened to like me as a consumer? I'm like, what happened to all the money? Like, what did you, how did you mismanage your funds and your resources that badly that those are the two games that we got back to back? Like, what the hell are you doing there, Bioware? Cause this is just a hot mess. So I feel like um, it's really going to depend on what they deliver in terms of Dragon Age because that's the like last straw. If they have another total flop, then I'm just done. Like no more. <laughs> like I don't even want to cover them anymore. Like, yeah, like how many flops yeah. do they get? Like I, how, I exactly think... how many flops do they get before we just write them off? And and for me, Dragon Age is is the the next the the final test shall we say oh it's just kind of funny because we we said the same thing about anthem and I, well in anthem i didn't buy no you're, anthem you i wait right i did yeah I, I definitely did the whole wait and see um and then ever like it was just it was awful and i was like well i'm i'm glad i didn't sink any money into this and i know it was terrible because i'm sure a lot of you are sitting there saying like oh she didn't even play it how does she even know Guys, Ryan said it was bad. Do you know how many games in the 443 <laughs> episodes of Gamers In that we've done that Ryan has said have been bad? I bet you it's been three. Three in like three. 10 years. <laughs> so Look it up. the fact that one of those three is Anthem <laughs> means Someone it's should... a pile of garbage. <laughs> Someone should create like a fan site that is uh, GamesRyanHated.com. Ryan, yeah, <laughs> GamesRyan uh, thinks are bad. <laughs> it's just a big picture of Anthem. I can't even think of the other ones. I liked Andromeda. <laughs> I'm sure there are two others that I'm. I feel oh. like one of them was like a mobile title. Like, uh, <laughs> would you, you count Vampire? Then... Like, I think both of us really fell off Vampire. You could probably throw that up there. Yeah, um, <laughs> I kind of came around to the negative side of that. I, I think 
I think with Bioware, um, they have that past uh, clout with their releases that we were able to forgive them for Andromeda because it was a satellite studio and it was their own doing, but still it's like, okay, we get it. Business is business. But I think Anthem was the second strike and I can kind of get behind like giving Bioware, they've earned their three strikes in terms of, but, but you can't, you shouldn't be pre-ordering even for, for EA games. You really shouldn't be pre-ordering any EA games because they offer their subscription service. That is, mm-hmm. I played Anthem. I pre-purchased it at a discounted price. There's a reason it was discounted before it released. And uh, Matt, our mutual friend, who uh, did the subscription, he did the $20 a month to play Anthem with me. The difference was that at the end of the month, when both of us had exhausted the content and were doing the same thing over and over again, he was able to move on with his life. I was sitting there with a game that I had purchased. <laughs> so that's the, the core struggle. There's, there's a right and a wrong way of doing things. <laughs> yeah. So I think when it comes to new Bioware experiences, they give you the tools uh, to test it out and wait. Um, you wait for a review and then you can try it yourself using the EA Origin um, game trial. It gives you 10 hours to play the full game as much as you want until you buy it. So the tools are there. And I think as much as we hate EA, like the tools they've given us to play their games, they've kind of uh, they've, they've kind of built put themselves in a corner of like, OK, we have to make sure the game is it lives up to expectations because we are giving people the option to pay five bucks to try the game. And yeah, we're getting five bucks, but Wait, we make so it... you play, you play, you pay for the subscription and then you have to still buy the game. So it's not like game pass. Cause I was going to say uh, it's likely going to launch on Xbox platforms. So if you have game pass, you can probably just play it over there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the, so the way it works is, uh, they have their base, platform for ea origin or ea access which is uh the the base one is five bucks a month and that gets you 10 hour trials for new games and access to their vault their vault is very generous i think they just added star wars jedi fallen order and that came out a year ago so that's in there now and yeah ea play base is part of game pass ultimate now so you can access those trials and their vault through your Game Pass Ultimate subscription. But if you want to play the new ones and play past the 10-hour level, you can subscribe for $20 a month, which is still cheaper than buying um, the full right, price okay, game. Right, okay, okay. So it, it, like I said, it offers you the tools to test out the game and, and see what whether it's it's for you or not. Um, and, and by that logic, I would think EA would be looking at their products and being like, we need to build something that pushes people past the subscription and makes them maybe want to either sub longer or purchase the game outright um mm-hmm. it is interesting and i but it's funny that it hasn't it hasn't really shown that they've learned from those lessons so hopefully fingers <laughs> crossed dragon age 4 make it good please for the love of god don't kill another one that's all i'm saying yeah yeah it really is kind of the last last kind of ditch effort there and uh yeah speaking of of game pass um the new consoles i bet you guys are like wow why didn't you lead with this news story uh the new consoles are here so literally today um the xbox series s and x are available and uh playstation 5 is available two days from now um and i think both ryan and i are game pass ultimate subscribers and therefore have chosen not to pick up consoles but are very much suffering from fomo right now yeah (laughs) like i kept like looking and i was like okay if there's like one xbox series x 
at my local Walmart, like that's a sign. I should just go get it. And I'm like, I don't even know what I would play on it right now. Like that's how ridiculous it is. But I'm just like, but I could just, I could just get it. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't need it though. (laughs) I had the, so I'm, I'm, I've got a setup with my, with my notifications where if uh, you can follow a specific person on Twitter, even in Canada where they will tweet anything that's available at a sale or, or in this case, uh, Xbox series X's were available on launch day that you could pre-order and, and get shipped to you by the end of the week. And, and I had, I had the opportunity to buy one. Um, not the Xbox all access though, which is kind of what I'm thinking of getting, but, um, yeah, I had the same thing. I think you and I texted back and forth on Monday about the console launching and, and yeah, it was tempting to try to find a way to pick one of them up i don't know why i'm leaning more towards the xbox because i'm i'm i have already said i want to do the xbox all access um i know by the time i want to get a ps5 or need to get a ps5 for certain games it's going to be the same price so that's what i'm more afraid of i'm more afraid of having you know finding a you know a playstation 5 in my cart from walmart or best buy and being like well it's either now or four months from now it's going to cost the same and it'll play some games a lot better but uh i i really do want to test out the the games that i want to play on the next generation on my current generation of hardware to see like okay where are we at because really i think the different the core difference between the two platforms won't be realized until you get a year or even six months in i think what we're experiencing with these these launch titles like miles morales and um assassin's creed valhalla those games were targeting you know our current generation i don't mm-hmm. i mean i'm playing watchdogs legion on my xbox one x yes it suffers from ubisoft open world jank but i know for a fact that all those bugs and all those issues are still going to be on the xbox series x it's just yeah. going to load faster and i mean honestly like I need to scroll on Twitter, you know, so I I, I need that that loading time right now. <laughs> I don't really. And maybe that's worth the investment. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm, just to keep you out of the Internet. <laughs> I'm going to buy a nine hundred dollar console so I can't check Twitter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, man, I've been knitting. So whatever you got to do to keep your hands busy and away from <laughs> Twitter. I, I need to I I need to get into knitting or, or yeah. just play my switch, which has better load times. I don't know. I <laughs> I just think that. um there's this opportunity right now to to still play the games like the FOMO is is really based on the technology and not the games. Um, there's one game that's coming out on the 12th for the PlayStation 5 that is exclusive, uh, which is Demon Souls. I have no interest in it, but I could see oh, I know people who love those games that is probably mm-hmm. thinking like, well, I have to buy a PlayStation 5. That is the only, you know, console exclusive that I think really would push you to to buy a next generation console unless you skipped a generation. If you didn't own the PS4 yeah. or the Xbox One, absolutely jump on it cuz you're going to be able to play so many great games that you missed out on uh, on both sides of of uh of the Xbox and the PlayStation. So you and I we we are in lockstep with these with these consoles. We've always owned them, so we've played those exclusives, but for someone who may have skipped out on the PS4 or the Xbox 1, if you can find one, yeah, this is a great time to buy a new console because you can enjoy all those experiences and all the new ones that are coming out and play yeah, their best it's versions. Just, 
it's just so weird that we're like on a console launch right now. Like we have a console launch happening this week and I'm not picking up either or like it's yeah. just it's just so weird. I've gotten one or the other um, for the um, I guess. Wait, what came after the 360? The one, the Xbox one, the one. It was the one. OK, yeah. yeah. So I had um, that generation. Wait, no, I guess I didn't. Huh. It feels like I've had launch consoles, but I guess it's only Nintendo when I get one Did day you and buy date the PlayStation for PlayStation 4 uh, at launch. Oh, I did. Okay, I bought the P- uh, PlayStation 4 at launch because it was the PlayStation 3 that I got like the Last of Us bundle and and I still have not played it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you made it this yeah. far, you might as well. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that <laughs> you're right. And I mean, even from a from a content perspective, from a from a business perfect perspective, not covering the next generation of consoles at launch almost feels like we're not doing our jobs. But um even that can't propel me to to uh to try and do the rat race of trying to find this console. Even though I, I again, like I said, I, I I did have an Xbox Series X that I that I could have picked up, but I, I do really want to do the all access program. I think it's a neat way of of offering um offering a next generation console with, with Game Pass. Uh but the 12th you know talk to me on the 12th we'll see what happens i, I honestly i don't <laughs> yeah, have the clearance see, like, to buy a new console i feel so. like the like today the xbox launch is way way harder on me than the 12th will be with the playstation launch because i i know like I, with playstation i have a plan like yeah. i am such a rabid horizon fan that i know i want to wait and see what kind of collector's edition things come out with that because i am going to throw all of my money behind that game like i don't care if it's a if it's a collector's edition controller or if it's a whole console if it's a bundle if it's just a collector's edition of the game that comes with an art book like i don't even care that's when i'm buying my playstation 5 is uh during that uh, or i guess in the lead up to uh horizon forbidden west like i don't care if i have to go on ebay <laughs> and pay some reseller 18 times what my collector's edition is worth i don't care uh, that game is amazing and practically priceless. So um, I'm just super looking forward to that. So I know that that's when I'm going to get my PlayStation 5, but the Xbox is so up in the air. I'm like, I kind of want it, but I don't know what I'd play on it right now. And I have everything on Game Pass, so it's so hard to justify, but oh man, you, I just I just want it, Ryan. Playing, I just want it. <laughs> you'd be playing higher fidelity versions. Like here's the... The great thing. Well, my PC is fine, though. Oh, like, your P- yeah. I mean, I I think you and I are in the, the same boat. I need is a new controller. <laughs> yes, uh, which the new Xbox controllers do look really slick. Um, they are basically just a sort of a not an upgrade, but more of a an enhancement on the previous Xbox One controller. But I I think it's a curiosity thing for me to see, like, okay, like, are these half step consoles? Uh, enough to you know bridge the gap through the um the launch transition games because right now the first six months right up until i think rift uh, ratchet and clank rift apart which is anticipated in the first half of 2021 that's going to be the the first made for uh playstation 5 exclusive game uh demon souls is a remake so you can kind of you know maybe explain your way out of that one but i really feel like ratchet and clank is the first one followed by Horizon Forbidden West, which is anticipated in the second half of 2021. Um, even though that one's coming to PS4, I still look at the screenshots and like, there's no way the PS4 yeah. Pro version lives up 
to what they're showcasing here for the PS5. Well, and and I have uh, the PS4. I don't even have the Pro, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's no way I'll be able to play this. So it I just... mean, that game struggled on the first generation PS4. Exactly, so yeah. I I think that when you I'm I want to see how I do with my current set of of tech, but like I. I feel safe. Like I, I pre-ordered Miles Morales. I'll talk about it next week when I've had a chance to play it on the PS4 Pro. But I really feel that if if I do play that game on my PS4 Pro and I find it's really lacking, I feel safe from a consumer standpoint because I've purchased a version of the game that includes a free upgrade to the PS5. So let's say I play it and it's like, oh man, this is really sluggish. And then I find a PS5 available in like the second wave of of uh of stock you know updates and i'm able to buy it i still i i'm not harmed in any way by you know testing the waters on ps4 pro finding those waters suck and then realizing i'm just gonna buy the console i'm gonna buy you know in six months anyways right yeah but i would like to wait because i really don't want to have to want something i've convinced myself into this into this sector where it's like i don't have to worry about it until that's future Ryan's problem. I don't have to worry about it right <laughs> now. I can just enjoy what I have, which is refreshing. I mean, I, I like the fact that I don't have to race out for these things. I'm I'm excited for people who are excited and really enjoying them. I'm not necessarily sitting here and saying like no one should buy these. There there are a lot of folks. There are that, definitely a lot of use cases of, of yeah. people who who should pick these up. I think you and I just fall oddly enough, even though we're content creators and, and do a video game show, like we just fall into that weight category and i think a lot of um you know hardcore gamers uh or people who play a lot of video games and have a lot of tech uh, are able to wait a little bit we'll eventually get them and they'll replace what we normally play games on but uh as of right now we're i'm happy to wait mm-hmm. yep i'm happy to wait too and uh yeah oh it's i it better have the best collector's edition ever that's all i have to say <laughs> it sucks to wait don't get me wrong i'm yeah, not sitting here really like does. i'm having a great time <laughs> waiting i i i saw all the tweets of people like getting their xbox series x i i would love to play uh, uh i'm trying to avoid all the videos of like look how fast this thing loads i'm gonna yeah, see yeah oh my god and there's so many like look how amazing sea of thieves looks and i'm like no stop it that's a bad internet (laughs) yeah i'll say this about the xbox series x and s and the way microsoft's been treating their first party titles that sony hasn't been doing is that microsoft has really looked at all their current first party offerings that have come out in the last couple years or even their service games like sea of thieves and they've done enhancements for those games that that allows you to play them on the next generation of consoles in a way that is truly an upgrade Whereas I believe on the PlayStation Five, like you were just you were just playing that game and you can boost it, but I don't know if there's there are specific patches that a lot of these games have gotten. But on the Microsoft side, like a lot of these games have gotten specific patches to offer those enhancements. So again, if you were to invest in Xbox Series X, like and you played your same games, like you would be playing a better version of those games. Yeah, I'm, you would notice. Yeah. You would. I'm not trying to conflict you here, but I mean maybe <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the the good thing is it's impossible to get right now right yeah so perfect. i i made my call months ago and now i'm just stuck and that it just it, 
That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> yeah, I'm also happy that I did not pre-order and I'm waiting for... Uh... And now you're stuck, yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm also stuck, which is fine. I mean, I'm waiting for the Xbox All Access thing and EB is really shit the bed on, on the Xbox Series launch. So it's going to be a while before I'm able to get through that path. So I'm I'm content with that. I, w- I would love yep. to wait till at least March, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, cross your fingers, nothing happens between now and March that yeah. makes it so that you have to pick pick up well, something. I, don't, I don't think anything's gonna happen where i have to but don't think there's gonna be any surprise releases <laughs> no i don't i mean unless halo like but even then i was content to play halo on my pc or my xbox i yeah. really want to try these games so mm-hmm. like let's talk next week and then next week if i come back i'm like oh man miles morales is total shit on the ps4 pro <laughs> uh someone help me buy a ps5 like just send me the links you know so we'll, we'll see and i I honestly, my anticipation is that it's going to be just fine until there, you know, until a game comes out later on this year. I really think like the Horizon sequel be, would be that game where it's like, oh, yeah. this does not run well on the old generation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's going to be it for this week, guys. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to join the conversation in between shows, you can head to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, you can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Ryan is at our Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Also, a reminder, if you do want to contribute to the Extra Life campaign, you can find that at bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. have to wave or it doesn't come out right because we used to do the show live right we used to do video cameras and stuff yeah so now you still have to do your little hand wave i don't do it Uh, next week i'll try not to do it and it'll sound different we'll get emails is ryan okay sounds like he doesn't know how to say goodbye yeah sounding like his goodbye everybody was really off i mean someone should check